My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer, not in London this time, but in Ireland, <laughs> is Emma. Now, is it Emma Gahan or Emma Gahan? I say Gahan, but Gahan. English men of my acquaintance have often pronounced it gone because they have a problem with a hard flat A. Okay, or maybe they've had a little, had a few, Could maybe at that point. saying I have a taste for drunken men. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Just, Just because I'm Irish. <laughs> yeah, I have in fact followed Pilar to Dublin today. I'm not followable on, on Twitter, but I have in fact followed you in the flesh. I have the cutest stalker ever, so I'm very, very glad Emma is here. She's helping pr me produce again. With me as podcast guest is Alan Fitzpatrick. Hello, Alan. Well, nice to meet you back in Dublin. I know, I know. This is my second time here. Yes, last, last year you came over, you did literally a flying visit to, to Dublin, came and uh, spoke at Filmbase, made everybody very happy by imparting lots of wisdom about screenwriting, and you agreed to come back this year. So hopefully you, you enjoyed yourself. I love Dublin. I really love it. It's beautiful. I loved working with your writers. You know, come on. I, I, I would be here all the time. So, so let me tell you a little bit about Alan Fitzpatrick because uh, he's certainly done way more things than just hire me. He is the managing director of Filmbase, and Filmbase is a resource center for new and emerging filmmakers in Ireland. Some of the filmmakers who've received early career support from Filmbase are John Moore, who is the director of Behind Enemy Lines, Kirsten Sheridan, the director of August Rush, and In America, which makes me cry all the time, and Martina Nyland, who is the producer of Once, which makes me cry all the time. Um, I, I'm very, very impressed by what you do here. Do, do you think you could tell people a little bit more about Filmbase and, and, and what it means for, for Irish filmmakers? Well, we, we are, uh, as, as you stated, we are a resource center for filmmakers in Ireland. Uh, and we've been going for about 27 years uh, at this stage, so we've been around for a while. What we try to do is we concentrate uh, on providing supports very much at the early stage for people. So people maybe who are leaving college and want to find their feet or who might be working in the industry but want a bit of retraining in a specific uh, er area. Um, the ways we do that are by providing training courses. We have uh, equipment that people can use. Uh, we have um, schemes that have been established, well established, um, almost since the very beginning of the organization with a lot of the Irish broadcasters, whereby we convince them to put aside small pots of money, and they are small, but they're those crucial, vital little pots of, of money that can be used to give people a first opportunity. So people come in, we respond to the work that they um, submit to us, we give them some money to make a short film, 
if that does well, then they're on the radar and they've got something they can show um, at festivals, they can show to other funding agencies, they can start a more professional relationship with the um, the broadcasters, maybe develop new work and kind of move on. Um, so we're, we're that sort of crucial first step, um, the one that maybe is, is very difficult for people to get support at. Uh, but if we can give somebody a little bit of, of uh, care, a little bit of attention, a little bit of money, a little bit of support, they can turn that into maybe the start of a career. And you, you've mentioned some of the people there who, who did go on to do much greater things um, down the, the line. Now, I, I think it's great that you say, look, we're going to give you a certain amount of money for this short, and this short, in turn, will do something for you. It, it's funny, I think, out in, the, out in the States, people don't always know what to do with a short, and they do spend an awful lot of money on it, and then they need some kind of return on their investment. Financially, they're not going to get it, and they have to have it with career. So this way, with you actually giving some of the money toward it, it doesn't feel like such a gamble for everyone. Now, you work with new writers, brand brand new writers. When you give them this money, are they also supposed to direct and produce, or are they supposed to find their own directors and producers? The, the way we operate most of our, our schemes is you will submit a script. Uh, totally anonymously, so you, well, they, you will submit, obviously we know who you are, but then when we get them assessed, they're assessed anonymously. So nobody knows who the writer is, they have no idea what you've written before, they have no idea if they know your best friend. All they can do is respond to the script as they, they read it. And then we shortlist from that process because obviously we get far more applications for the fund than we can support. So we shortlist down the, uh, the applications, those scripts based literally just on script information only. And then we invite those people to come in and we will interview them with their teams. So the writer, the director, the producer, the core creative team behind the project will come in and then we'll have a discussion and and that will involve a discussion about the script and what we like about it and where there might need to be further work done before production, but also their plans for production, how they will achieve what they're going to achieve on the money that's available. And we just have a good rounded conversation with people. And then uh, at the end of the day, unfortunately, we can only give two or three of them the support. Um, But if, if we try to get it right and, and you know we don't always because it's, it's a process where you just respond to the material that you've got but if we do get it right then they go out they make a fantastic short film it hits the festivals it wins uh, awards uh, and then they stop taking our phone calls because <laughs> they're too busy talking to other people that's that's how I always know when people are hitting it big with me too if they're especially on the podcast and they can't talk about anything then then I know they're important um, okay so so you mentioned vetting the material at a script level and responding to the material. How, what is it within a short script that makes you respond to material? What are you looking for? What, what pops out for you? You, you know, it's a, it's a great question. And I suppose if, if I'm ever asked uh, a question about these schemes, that's the one. And it's what do we look for? What do we respond uh, to? And it's the most difficult one to answer because if there was an answer to it, there'd be a formula and people could just apply that and, you know, we'd, we'd have to fund uh, everything. But I guess the, the thing that we're looking for more than anything else is originality. 
And we don't want to fund a version of something we've just funded. Or we don't want to fund our short film version of something that's popular in the cinema at the moment. Or the thing that is popular on, on TV. We, we don't mind doing stuff that's in the same genre as, as things that are uh, popular. Um, or, and, and there always are ideas which just seem to be in the ether. And you, you get collections of ideas coming through at, at, at a point in time. And that's, that's fine. We absolutely don't discourage it. But you have to have your own original voice, something that you want to say or something that we haven't seen before uh, in your script. And they're the ones that we, we really like to find because if, um, if, if something goes out, if, if it's striving to be original, um, at least it's got an honest shot at, at being its own piece of work when it's, uh, when it's finished. And if it doesn't work, and they don't always work, but if it does, it'll be fantastic, it'll be great, and everyone will be talking about your film. Um, and, and, and that's much better, as far as we're concerned, that's much better than someone who's trying to make a copycat version of something else, because even if that works perfectly, it's still just a version of something else. So originality, really, that is the, the key as far as we're concerned. I don't know if you come across this, I, I often do, where people are writing characters or dialogue, like movie characters or dialogue. Like, it, it's not that it isn't polished, it's just that it's straight out of a character from a movie. So any, you know, so people are starting, they, they have like stock action lines, things like that. Um, are you finding that? Like, they're stealing from actual movies and not realizing it? Yeah, that, that does tend to happen. It probably is the number one fault that we would see with emerging screenwriters is they are copying things and they're copying things they think are cool and they always start by kind of riffing on lines of dialogue from films that are, are popular directors that, that are popular and and that's that's difficult for us to respond to. I know you're very excited about the script that you've written and you think it will be the coolest thing ever, but we're seeing hundreds of these coming through all the time. So if you don't have, have uh, an authentic original voice, it's difficult to, to respond to it in this, the same way. Let's talk about the structure of, of short films. This is something that a lot of people are curious about. Uh, the the advice I give um, is usually do one of two things: either start with one premise that's completely original and mine it, or build to one really cool reveal. And now I know I'm, I'm missing a whole bunch of other <laughs> ways to go. W what do you think is a, 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 an interesting structure for for short storytelling with with short films? I, I think what you said is, is is actually really good. I think it's, it's a very good approach. Um, the one thing I'd say that uh, I think we see too much of, though, when you talk about building to an interesting reveal at the end, that's great. However, uh, it's my number one pet peeve in scripts that we receive, which is it's all built around a twist in the tail ending. And it, it doesn't have enough substance up front as and a result. It doesn't have substance up front. And I can tell you uh, right now, the twist is, oh, my God, they were dead all along. <laughs> so, right. No. Right, right now, for me, the twist is when everybody was alive the whole way through the, the, the film. Um, but it is it is a problem because I think if you're working backwards from what you think is a really cool ending for your film, 
that's fine, but the eight, nine minutes leading up to that, that ending need to justify it. You need to actually capture people's attention and imagination while they're, they're watching the, the film. And, and the ending is not a reason to justify a short film uh, on its own. So that, that would be my number one pet sure. peeve in terms of the scripts that, that we get. Um, the other thing is, is you know, that, uh, that we get sometimes are just really good mood pieces. Ah. And they're they're very difficult. This is the, these are ones which actually I think are, are as in terms of scripts, words on page are very difficult to fully judge because you you try to get a sense of something, but you've got to imagine what the filmmaker imagines from those pieces, and that's why a good conversation about it really helps to kind of clarify uh, intention. So sometimes we'll we'll get something and, and we think this is about capturing the essence of a mood. It's about capturing the essence of being 16. It's about capturing the essence of, of you know, life in a small town on the coast. It's, it's about, you know, that lost night in the city. Those kind of things are, are difficult because they're not structured uh, as strongly as other pieces. And it's about moments where characters can breathe and find their moment within the film. So they can be very difficult to actually accomplish and to, to achieve because at that stage you're really trusting that the filmmaker has a strong vision for how to pull that across. Now, they're risky. They're the ones where you're not really seeing from the script the actual blueprint for the, the film. You're kind of maybe seeing the skeleton for it and hoping that the filmmaker is the right person to put flesh on those bones. But when they work, they can be very, uh, they can be very effective. So it's, it's great that you don't discount them. You just really need to get inside of the writer's head before you take something like the, this on. The writer and the director, because, you know, crucially, and, and very often it is the same person, the, you know, people writing short films very often write because they want to be uh, directors. Um, that's not always a good thing. Um, I think actually it can be a really good partnership if, if, if someone is challenging you as a writer, if you've got to defend your work to somebody else and you are being questioned on it create, creatively and, and artistically by a director, then actually I think that can very often be a, a healthy relationship. Whereas if you are a writer-director, um, sometimes that works out fine, but sometimes it means that you're just not questioning your work in as, as rigorous a manner as if you were working um, in a creative partnership with somebody, um, somebody else. But, um, but in those instances, it's about trusting that the director can actually bring those characters and the scenarios to, to life. All right. Uh, what about your favorite kind of story to, to be told? Like, uh, have you found yourself going, I just love this and this is why? So not necessarily mining a premise or building to a reveal or a mood piece, but what kind of a story captures you? Um, let's go right back to the cliche and say it's about good characters. Mm -hmm. And if it's got good characters in it, it's really going to grab my attention. And it can be, it doesn't matter what the genre is, it can be a romantic comedy, it can be a heist movie, um, it can be a thriller, um, it can be a horror film. So long as the characters are good, we tend to latch onto it and I tend to kind of respond to, to those. My favorite movie of all of the, the films, um, Excuse me. That we've done here at Filmbase uh, was one that we funded in my very first round when I started working here, and all of the characters in it are teddy bears. 
it's, it's a film called Tufty. You can um, uh, actually, I, I would recommend any, anybody who's listening, look it up online. It's, it's called uh, Tufty. I think their website is still up at tuftybear.com. Uh, a couple of very smart guys who kind of came in and, and, and made this, uh, this movie. And without spoiling anything, I will say, just can I also mention it's not a kid's film? Oh, yeah, please do. Okay, because this gets us into to trouble um, because uh, the fact that it's got teddy bears in it, there is a very unhappy ending. Um, uh, it is about teddy bears living as real creatures in the forest, and we slowly learn that there are hunters who go out and capture them and uh, stuff them and sell them to, uh, to kids. Now, please don't let that put you off the film because it's actually it's a very, very well-constructed uh, film. Uh, it's original. It's back to that whole thing. You don't see a lot of movies about uh, teddy bears. It's not overwritten. Mm-hmm. There's no dialogue. It's absolutely done without dialogue. The teddy bears have little grunts that they use to communicate with each other. Um, the hunters, uh, they, they don't talk. There are just little simple hand gestures when they argue about the cost of, of the transaction and, and, uh, and, and, and what they're doing. So it's very effectively done. And uh, and we read the script, and, and, and I remember talking with everybody on the panel uh, before the guys came in to, to do their interview, and we looked at each other, and we all said, this is great, this is fantastic, I love this script, there is no way they are going to be able to do this on the budget that we are going to give them, back to, remember I said we give a small amount of, of, of money, and this felt like an... Not an army of teddy bears, but a mass of teddy bears living in the, the forest. And how are you going to animate that? And, and hunter, hunters who come in and chase them down. And it just looked very, very elaborate. And we thought they will never afford the CGI uh, that it's going to take or the animatronics. It just it can't happen. Uh, so the guys came in and we sat them down and, and uh, we said, OK, how are you going to make this movie? And they said, well, I'm glad you asked that question. We, we shot some test footage and they opened it up and they had gone out into the forest and they had shot test sequences. And it turns out their solution was to use hand puppets. And it was fantastic. It absolutely worked brilliantly well. And from the test footage that they had done, it immediately removed all of the questions that we had about, is this going to work or not? And they had shown how cleverly they had worked out how to do certain sequences and different types of hand puppets for different actions that the um, uh, that the teddy bears would would do. So, um, so I heartily recommend that. I actually think is a piece of screenwriting for short film. That's really it's a good one to, to kind of follow up on. It also, sounds like like there was preparation in the pitch afterwards too. Like realizing, okay, the the script is good and we're going to need to sell this even more and to be ready and it sounds like these guys are ready yeah and and that that's the other thing you do if you if you're going to ask anyone for money you've got to be prepared when you go in and and you've got to realize that if there's something difficult about your film you're going to have to explain how you can do it these guys were smart they had gone out they had anticipated the question they had provided the answer they had shot uh, test material and and presented that at the the interview then we had complete confidence these guys know what they're doing then we came back to and we all love the script so how do we say yes to it it was a very simple decision once that that had been been made now uh what about longer features Oh, well, first of all, I should probably ask you, because I do ask everybody this who's involved in shorts, um, how short is short? 
Um, 10 minutes and under, please. 10 minutes and under, please. Okay, now that is, I think, the 35th person who has said that. So everybody listen. Okay, so moving on to uh, to full-length features. What kind of work do you do with full-length features here at, at FilmAce, FilmBase, as far as your participation in there? Um, well, we run an interesting program, if, if, if I can mention it for, for a moment, uh, sure. which is a Master's in Digital Feature Film Production. So we run this in association with a college in the UK, uh, and we've been running it here, and we're in the third year that, that we run this course at the, the moment. So um, it's a very practical uh, course in, in that we make the students on the course uh, shoot and complete a feature film as part of their year with us. So uh, we uh, have two films that are in production at the moment, uh, two fe- feature films, one of which is a romantic comedy set in London. Uh, and I actually have students going back to London tomorrow to get pick-up shots to, to edit uh, into the film. And the other is a mockumentary about the making of a low-budget horror film and all of the disasters that go on on, on set. So uh, so we have two that are going on at the, the moment, um, and, and on that course, we I think we, it, it would be fair to say that we have a track record of producing work which is quite advanced for student work. They go out, they premiere at film festivals, they win awards, and, and are not seen as student work. They compete alongside independent uh, c- c- cinema. So, so we're involved with that project at the, the moment. Um, we also support a lot of filmmakers who come in. Uh, you know, a few years ago, you had to make a short if you wanted to get into the industry. It was the only way you could do anything and show people that you were a filmmaker and then hope to get some support for your feature film. Um, now technology is is changing, and people have access to um, they have access to cameras, they have access to editing software, they um, they have access to a lot of the equipment that they're going to need to go and make a feature film if they have good projects that are worth making. And and a lot of our membership base or people who would come to us are beginning to feel, I can skip the short phase. If I'm going to go to all of the trouble of going out and shooting for a week, maybe I can shoot for three weeks. Instead of having a 10-minute film, I can actually have a feature uh, film. So so we tend to do that. Where, it's, where it is practical and where it is realistic for us to be able to support people, we will try and provide support for people to make their early feature films uh, as well. Again, Resources are very limited. Um, any support that we can provide is just to a small fraction of the number of people who, who ask. But but it's definitely something we're starting to see emerging much more as a, a, a trend is people put the effort into long-form uh, long drama. Um, uh, didn't you say before we started going a, a little bit about a special project that's about to happen? Which special the, project? The, the Robert... That one. Oh, can you, can you talk about that one? Or is no. It, see, no. see, that's that's. Uh, I told you, the more important they are, the that's, less they can talk. Exactly. All right, so, all right. So because we are. That's not our project. That's, that's somebody, somebody, somebody else's project. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry about that. Um, do you think that there is an Irish sensibility in in features, or do you think that that you know it's it's universal as far as what people like and their tastes and the tone? Um, it's, it's a great question um, because I think for quite a while 
we were kind of wallowing in our own filmmaking. We were making a lot of films here for a number of years that nobody, including the Irish people, wanted to see. There are the odd exceptions that the breakout hits, and typically, you know, once a year, once every two years, there would be a great breakout, and everyone felt fantastic uh, about that. But but they were the exceptions, uh, and an awful lot of the films at the box office, uh, the Irish box office, just were not connecting with Irish audiences. Um, I don't think we were telling particularly interesting stories. I think we were, and uh, we, the Irish film industry, I think was in danger of doing what I was talking about with short films earlier, which is making Me Too versions. We're doing weak, pale imitations of, of films that were, were happening um, in, internationally, but we weren't executing them with the same level of, of, of style. Um, interestingly, we were doing very good work on television that was getting very good television uh, audiences, but in terms of, of features, it, it was... Um, for a while it was it was getting quite difficult to kind of connect with with audiences and I think you can't do those pale imitations if you just genuinely don't have the budgets to make uh, thrillers uh, or to make horror films or to make sci-fi films it's very difficult unless you've got a really good concept to do something which is going to execute well so I think the place where we where we were working uh, well were the really interesting character-driven films where you didn't need a budget and where you could invest in the, the character. Those films tended to, to work well. Got it, got it. So, so really, when people... Uh, you know, this is a question that comes up when I teach in Ireland or when I teach in London, and people are trying to do some kind of what they think is some kind of American film and think that Americans will like that. And you're saying, no, it was exactly that pale imitation that was... was uh, sort of making people not respond. So some, for, for the lack of a better word, word an authentic experience, that's what, what you're, you're hoping for? That would be my assessment. And, you know, it's, it's a great conversation that people have and everybody debates it the, themselves. But, you know, yeah, my, my two cents is if you do a pale imitation of work that's done better elsewhere, nobody's really going to respond to it. But if you can do something that is genuine, authentic, and feels real in your own voice, then you'll find your own audience. And those people will respond to the work that you're producing. Got it. Thank you. This has been really valuable information. I know that I put you on the spot for Alan. He's sitting here. He's just like, just hating every minute of this. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for this, Alan. I Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much for the invitation to be part of your, your podcast because I've been listening for for years. So now that I've got to keep uh, keep listening out to hear myself in, in a few uh, weeks' time, this is going to be a real treat for, for me. Excellent. Excellent. I'm glad. Um, so I want to uh, make sure everybody can can look up and see what's going on at Filmbase. So where should they go to, to see more? Uh, we're online, so www.filmbase.ie, so that's the Irish domain.ie, Filmbase, F-I-L-M-B-A-S-E. And if you go online, you, you can find out information about everything that we're doing. 
By the way, our, our script competitions are open internationally, so oh, we can accept uh, we can accept invitations. Or, sorry, applications uh, from anybody who's who's listening. If you want, and you will find all of the details online. Uh oh, better double up on your readers. That's all I can say. Okay. Can I ask Alan a question? Sure. Um, I was wondering. You know, you were talking about writer director teams coming in. If people are working independently, do you ever match make? So you put a writer with a director or a producer, or they always come into you as a team? Not if not if anybody's coming in for funding, because I think it's unfair to the process. If if we are going to respond to teams as they come in and pitch and present to us, I think it would be very unfair if we were involved in creating that team or putting them to, together. So we absolutely won't do that. You know, that's more of perhaps a, an executive producer mm. role. Um, uh, but if someone comes in just on a level of um, I'm trying to find somebody to work with just on my own stuff on the side, then absolutely we're very happy to kind of recommend people that we think might be up for, for creative working partnerships. Thank you. Good question. Good question. And as we know, Emma, nobody can follow Emma, but <laughs> next year, I'll maybe maybe we'll see her follow me around, which will be great. <laughs> um, everybody, go to onthepage.tv to see what's happening. Um, uh, there's all kinds of classes that will be happening starting in the fall. First draft class is happening again in Los Angeles and for people in Ireland and <laughs> London and elsewhere. There are some online options as well, so please check that out on the page.tv. All right, we're gonna do we're gonna do that outro this time, and I'm not gonna screw it up this time. Yeah, how about that, Emma? We're ready. All right. I have faith in you. Okay, Emma. so here we go. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Pila. Thank you for listening, and have a good, good writing, writing week. week.